Welcome to Combo Keepers, where we talk about combo characters, their history, and their impact on our lives. I'm Lance, and today we have a very special What Are You Reading style episode featuring a comic creator that I had the pleasure of meeting back at SDCC in 2022. You'll recognize his incredible work on the covers of various Spawn titles, including the main series, as well as King Spawn, Scorched. I just wanted to welcome the incredibly talented Don Aguilio to the show. Welcome, Don. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Happy Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah. New year, new season of the show. You, you're our second guest for 2024, so getting there early. Awesome. Who's the first one? First guest is actually Kevin Anthony Catalan. Kevin Anthony Catalan. Working on... Okay. Okay, cool. cool. Yeah, yeah. So he, he did Space Nights over at Cosmic Lion Productions. He's, oh, wow. he's got some exciting work coming up too, but artwork is incredible. Uh, I would definitely check his stuff out too. Awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah, of course. I'm really excited because we haven't been able to talk too much since all the way back in, in 2022. So I want to hear how things are developing for you because at that point in time, you had gotten to start doing more of the work over at Image. You had been discovered by the Todd father himself Yeah, <laughs> working on all the various covers for the other spawn issues. When you're developing a cover for a spawn title, are you given the book in advance to read through and develop your own cover? Or is there a vision for a cover that they want? And then you just bring it to life. I had originally thought that was going to be the format, but since uh, they brought me on as a variant artist at the beginning, um, I was under the impression I was just going to do variant, variant covers. Um, before you, before I knew it, like I, I wasn't given any prompts. They gave me a catalog of characters. They're like, this is these are the focuses for the for the next arcs coming up. Um, and it, you know, it's a comprehensive sort of Bible of characters and what they, you know, where they're going um, in terms of their designs and things like that. So I, I would basically have my run to, to pick, have my pick of the character and they're like, well, we just want to, you know, it's a cover. So make it, make it look good and be, you know, honor the source material. And I would go off and then um, before you knew it, they had me on some cover A's and I was like, oh, okay, this is, this is awesome. They're, they're really uh, looking to to feature the work on, on cover A's. But as of right now, it's, it's the same sort of situation where they have their, their, their main artists who they know they're going to be cover A's. Um, every now and then they'll feature one of us. And by us, I mean like a stable of artists that they go to for their variants. Um, and they're, you know, apparently their, their go-to sort of group of artists and a bunch of them I, I, I know very well at this point. I, I don't get stories in advance just because, uh, you know, we're not on, we're not on that uh, that level of the, the creative team, uh, we're just beneath that. So if they like the work, they'll uh, figure out where where it goes best. And uh, if, for example, if, I think if they want to feature a character coming up in an arc, and one of us happens to be uh, designing or, or doing that character, they're like, okay, let's throw that in there as a sort of an Easter egg, just so that they can show fans what's coming. We didn't get to have too long of an interview at San Diego Comic Con in 2022 because we did like a short little a little feature. Yeah, you were busy too. You were running around all over the place. I think we brushed shoulders a couple times, but you were yeah. trying to figure out what, what to do next. Yeah, I know you were trying to get uh, from point A to point B. Yeah, Comic-Con is always incredibly busy because we, mm -hmm. have, we have so much that we need to cover in panels and interviews and trying to find fun stuff ourselves. But I think during that con, I ran into you on the floor like three times randomly just walking around. Yeah, and I, I, if it wasn't you that was speeding off somewhere, it probably was me trying to get back to the table because I usually work that alone, and that's you know that's been a part of the process too. How to how to promote myself and be at the booth and hit the the panels at the same time. Like I'm like trying to run the whole machine, and that's why I'm saying I'm like I wish I wish I had more hands or I can like multiply myself. But I mean that's that's what it takes. That's the hustle. But yeah, you were doing like short interviews with with a, a bunch of people on the floor. I just uh, got lucky to be one of them. So thanks. Yeah, of course. Well, I'm happy now because we're not having to rush out of the floor because when we did our interview, yeah. <laughs> they were literally shutting the floor down and telling us all to leave. So oh, right. we get to we get to expand on our discussion a little bit more. And speaking of you having to rush around at the con, one of those times was because you were having an art portfolio review. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm still doing that at every every Comic Con. I, I still try and get some feedback, honest feedback. How has the development of that been? Because when we talked back in 2022, there was discussion about eventually being able to do some interior work 
over at Image. And has there been any headway or, or plans moving forward about that? Uh, no. Interesting you, you asked, though, because uh, earlier on in uh, work with uh, Todd, he had asked me if I was interested in doing interiors. I mean, this was um, sort of in the exploratory stage before he expanded into his new books for 20, for the, at that time, he was trying to figure out who was available and, you know, what kind of styles he might be getting into. And I told him, and I was like, am I shooting myself in the foot if I say this? But I told him, I'm like, you know, if I said yes right now, which is, you know, every ounce of me wants to say yes, I... I think I would really disappoint you because I still have to work on like my, the craft of, of interior storytelling. Like I got to work on my speed. I got to work on my shorthand. I got to work on, on camera and things like that. So, um, please keep me on the radar, but I'm going to say right now, um, I think there are, you know, there would be better people who would be able to deliver. I'd love to, I'd love to do that, uh, when I'm ready and when I can do it right, you know? And I, th I think he appreciated that. I, I just, you know, it goes either way. I'm like, oh, maybe he just like completely wrote me off as someone who's who's not going to be doing interior. But one day I hope to do a Spawn book. Well, every single time I see a Spawn cover, I think in my head, when am I going to see Don in the interiors? Because <laughs> I I desperately want that to happen. That, oh, I appreciate that. That's that's really cool. I'm, I'm inspired by the artists they have right now. And they keep bringing on really, really good artists. And sometimes I see really lazy work for interiors from like, you know, other places. Um, but the people they have on the Spawn books, they, they're really gunning for the craft of the storytelling. So I, I'm, I'm inspired by it. And I'm just like, I want to get to that level at some point. Not to jump too far ahead, because I want to have a discussion about your creator own series Rise mm -hmm. a little bit later in the episode. But the thing that caught my attention so much about Rise were the layouts of the story and the use of your negative space to break up imagery, but the negative space itself was also a part of the storytelling dynamic. It hmm. was showing something that was happening in that moment and it was able to speed the story along with just a simple shadow image. I think Spawn is one of those titles where that use of negative space to tell that story would work so well. Which is why I, I will continue to campaign for the Donna Gilio <laughs> spawn interiors. <laughs> that's that's so cool that you're like seeing that stuff. I, sometimes I feel like that's so under the hood that the uh, techniques like that sort of just go people over people's heads, you know. Um, but yeah, I really appreciate that. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do more techniques like that, that lend themselves towards horror because that's a, that's where spawn is going. You know, he, he's really delving into the darkness of that, of sort of that universe. But I also have some projects coming up that, that delve into horror, aside from Rise. So thanks. Thanks for acknowledging that. That's cool. Yeah, absolutely. Are those projects you're able to talk about yet, or you have to keep them low profile at the moment? Um, I can talk about them. Yeah, they're on my own personal projects. So yeah, I can talk about them. Well, let's save that for a little bit later in the episode yeah. when we can get further into what's coming up for you. Sounds but good. again, would love to see you working on more Spawn. Your visual style. It's very recognizable, works so well just with the aesthetic of Spawn that it, it's just going to eventually I just see it being this perfect union and it uh, <laughs> I will be buying extra copies and handing them to other people because oh. they need to be reading it. Uh, that's so cool, man. <laughs> Appreciate it. Of course. Absolutely. Got to hype you up. I, I need that pressure too. So thanks for <laughs> that. Uh -huh. <laughs> some pressure to like, you know, aspire to. So I, I sort of I need that. That's a driving force. I wanted to bring you on because as much as I want to talk about your work, I'm also always interested in hearing what creators are also reading and what they've been interested in getting into. So, Don, what are you reading? <laughs> I am. Uh, okay, so I'm an efficiency guy. If I'm, if I'm not working, I'm doing something that sort of helps work. Um, and recently, Jason Sean Alexander brought me on to do a, um, a variant for Philadelphia. Oh, very also cool image. Yeah. So I got to meet uh, Rodney Barnes and I actually just before that happened, I was like liking all the stuff and I was like asking him questions and then he and then he brought me on. So I was like, oh, my God, my art hero was asking me if I was interested in doing a variant cover. I could not keep my cool to save my life about that. Um, I'm honored, <laughs> but um, I am obsessed with Philadelphia right now. 
in terms of horror, I'm I'm really learning how to tell how to how a, a good horror story is told through sequential art. I'm a big um, horror movie person, and I want to I want to dive into that world. So eventually, my my projects will move into that world a little bit. But I still have to learn the craft of the horror portion as well as the the sequential art, the actual how how comic book creators handle that universe or that genre. From your reading so far, and really with the horror side of comics, what do you feel you've identified that makes a good horror comic story visually? Visually. Um, the, the page jump is really, is a really important, I mean, it's a really important mechanism in, in graphic novel and in sequential art, your ability to control the timing um, and know that when they turn the page, they're hit with that next image. And when you were talking about paneling and like the, the importance of the you know, size of paneling or like how many per page or how dense the material is or how negative the space is used, uh, his work, uh, and it's all, and you know, it's, it's a mixed media of uh, digital and, and oil paint. So it's like, it's really visceral, but at the same time, he has a great uh, control of his camera. And then when you turn the page, he knows how to hit you with uh, things like minimal uh, color and, uh, control of shadows and you know like form so it's it's yeah so that's those are the those are the elements of the craft that i'm i'm not only really enjoying in in that book but i'm also studying for my own discipline i that is a series that has been on my to read list for a very long time now so just just hearing you talk about it makes me more excited to jump in it's good i mean it's a um it's my it's my plug to be like, go, go, go get Kill Delta 33 because my cover's on it. But, you know, I loved the book before, <laughs> before I even was on their radar. So uh, it's great. Uh, Blackula is another one. Uh, same, same creative team. Oh, interesting. Yeah, same creative team, same, same genre, different, different subject matter. But it's, 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 that's awesome, too. The first book that I've been reading lately that I have absolutely devoured was Saga from Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples. This is a series that everyone and their mothers, uncles, daughters, dogs, ex, husbands, twice removed, it, everyone has been telling me to read Saga. And it was kind of a, sh a shame on me that I hadn't <laughs> read the story. It was a blemish on my mark as a comic book podcaster that I have yeah, okay. yet to read Saga. I'm a very slow reader, which is probably why I was able to notice all those things that you were doing in Rise, all those little moments of the art, because I read so slow that I'm also taking in a lot more visually. And wow. with Saga, I had the compendium. I was able to pick it up for super cheap at, I think, last year's WonderCon. Uh, they have it's the first compendium, right? Yes. Yes. So it's the first 54 issues of the series before right. they had the, the hiatus and then now they're back. That's a heavy book. <laughs> it's a heavy book, but wow, was I able to fly through that thing. And as someone that does read very slow, I got through all 54 issues in a matter of three or four days, which is just a testament to how captivating this series is. Mm -hmm. I don't want to talk too much about it because one of our friends of the podcast, Chris Hacker from the Oblivion Bar podcast has been desperate for me to read this series and is going to be coming on on an episode we're going to record oh, in yeah. the next couple months where we're going to do a deep dive into Saga in general. We're going to full-on spoiler review of it. But I can finally say now I have caught up to the first compendium. I'm going to catch up on the other. I think there's an additional 12 issues that have been released since then. I think they're right. on issue 67 now that and is going, going to be coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, on, and ongoing. Because... I think they said that F Compendium 1 is just half of the story that they wanted to tell. So mm -hmm. I'm assuming we're getting at least another 54 issues. We'll see. I, it is a phenomenal series that has the weirdest imagery I've <laughs> ever seen. Like androids that have TVs for heads, but the way they communicate and the visuals that pop off that show the inner emotions, it it blew my mind all of the intricacies that saga includes it's right. beautiful you accept the realism of it even how regardless of how absurd that the situations are and the characters are it's yeah that's that's phenomenal phenomenal storytelling yeah, yeah it it blew me away 
I, yeah. I, every single time I finished like another arc, I was like, I need to go for a walk. I need to do <laughs> something because there, Brian K. Vaughn is playing with my emotions and Fiona Staples is giving me a visual feast every single time I sit down to read this book. Oh, uh, it's so cool. Um, they said they would never do a, they would never do a movie treatment. They were like that confident that uh, this was the, the form that was the only form this, this story was ever going to take. And I hope oh, they wow. go by that. Right. Because uh, I really love that they were they're confident. They're like, no, no. Comic book is the home uh, for this series, for this concept. I really love that. I just I kind of hope they never think that they, they do that. don't adapt it. Yeah. 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 The the only way I could possibly see it, it would have to be a series. You cannot tell Saga in film form. It, it just won't work. But oh, I, yeah. I agree with you. I, this this deserves to be like one of those pillars of comicdom. And mm-hmm. it, it should just be at what it is. It's because it's beautiful. Yeah. I, I would feel like I'd be disappointed if I saw it in <laughs> any other form. I, it, it's, it's too high up there. There's a long way to fall from yeah. an adaptation with this That one. is a good way to put it, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm behind too, so I'm glad you didn't spoil too much of it. But I, I am no not. Spoilers. Yeah, I'm like on volume nine or something like that. So I'm doing the, the oh, great. trade paperbacks. Yeah. Yeah. So you're you're just about to finish up the first compendium worth of issues then. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Like- oh, man, it's wild. It gets crazy. I'm not going to say anything else. Uh, and in order to shut my own mouth, I'm going to ask you, what else are you reading? Um, same visual feast. Um, I see your saga. I'll raise you a low from Rick Remender and Greg. Um, same house. So. Uh, this one is also I, I read those two those two series at the same time, particularly to study the aesthetic. So this the book low, I judged the book by its cover for when I chose it to, to bring it home. I wasn't ready for the story that was about to hit me, which is <laughs> and it was grand. It's uh, dramatic. It's um, I think he had said it was, um, you know, his own uh, version of therapy. So. This thing is a it's a heady book with with uh, a lot of feels so and and it hit me hard but the um I learned a lot about color and, uh through through reading that book and continuing on um I'm also behind in that one I got really busy so you should read that one when you finish saga don't don't read that one now <laughs> not yet <laughs> yeah not yet. Rick Remender is a phenomenal writer I I first came across his work when he was doing the Venom series and i oh. love agent venom and rick remender's work there is phenomenal mm-hmm. you're right it remender's work is heavy not mm-hmm. only emotionally but also physically because That's carrying true. around his compendiums at conventions <laughs> to get him to sign them i told him that he needs to write less because my back is starting to have problems carrying those things in my backpack <laughs> And what do you do? He promised you he'd write less, or he's like, yeah. Oh no, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, he, he's he just go to the gym more, gotta work out. That's funny. Which is what I've done. So now I can carry more compendiums. I need to get that seven to eternity to nice. him. <laughs> well, you need to keep up physically because you got that one year old, one and a half year old running around too. So. That's also true. That that is another big reason why I started going back to the gym was yeah. when she started getting heavier to carry her her car seat. When I was like. <laughs> This is getting difficult. I need to go do something about this. This is very bad. Yeah. The next book that I just recently finished is Doctor Strange Fall Sunrise Treasury Edition by Trad Moore. Oh. Trad Moore is one of those illustrators, artists, writers that continues to blow me away. The layouts for Fall Sunrise are brilliant. The way this story is able to be a standalone but still fit within the entire mythos of Doctor Strange is truly impressive. It's a very unique way that he develops this story or this narrative. And I don't want to say too much because I don't want to give it away for those that haven't read it yet. But you feel as though there has been this huge gain and loss at the same time for Stephen Strange. Huh. But every single turn of the page, I had to just stop and take in everything that I was seeing, not only because it's Doctor Strange and Trad Moore together, so the visuals are incredibly unique and just stunning to to witness, but the, the level of detail is incredible. The way I have to visually scan everything on the page is the same thing I have to do with your work in Rise. 
because I want to take in every single one of those details. Tradmore continues to break anatomy in the best way possible. He is a a stellar creator in the medium. I want more work from him. Uh, <laughs> please, please, yes, and thank you. But if you have not read Doctor Strange Fall Sunrise, please do yourself a favor. Go out there, buy the Treasury Edition. It is this huge magazine size version of the book, and it will blow you away. That's awesome. I, when was that published? I believe last year is when the the issues were coming out because i i think there's four or five issues in this in in the treasury edition uh, the collected edition i believe came out late last year oh okay you're going to love it if you have not read this you, you especially you are going to love this book wow i just it up that's crazy cannot recommend this one enough people out there if you are fans of doctor strange if you are fans of extremely unique art styles, mm-hmm. Tradmore and Doctor Strange Fall Sunrise is a book that you will love. That's trippy. Yes, very much so. <laughs> That's cool. It's on my list now. That's crazy. Alrighty, so you you had me add low to my list, and then I got you this one. So what what else are you reading? What's another thing that if I haven't read, I need to read? Oh, um, Let's see. It's this one's not a comic. It's a classic. It um, Ray Bradbury. Uh, he did Martian Chronicles, but I'm reading The Illustrated Man. And so it's it's a collection of short stories. Um, it follows a guy who's just brand, he's branded with a million tattoos, and each one tells a story. So um, he talks about one, and then it turns into a short it turns into a short story. But Ray Bradbury like screws with your mind, and he's he's a a brilliant sort of futurist anti-capitalist writer i it's 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 great he talks about the end of the world and how people feel about it it's very human work so i'm i'm in there i'm trying to study you know storytelling too and how to get people to think so that one's on my nightstand i guarantee if it's ray bradbury i have it on my shelf because of my wife okay she is the one that reads the 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 books with no pictures in this house and i'm the (laughs) one that reads the comics but that that sounds like a great premise. So I'll have to actually pick up a book and just just be okay with the fact that there's not pictures in it. Oh, uh, it's captivating. I mean, some of the some of the work is like two pages, and he knows how to fill two pages with with, with brilliant uh, storytelling. So yeah, if she has Martian Chron- Chronicles. Pick it up and read one of the short works in there. I, I think I think you'll like it. I like we said earlier about like when you read comic books, you actually stop and and look and take it all in because I, I watch people who just speed through it and it kills me. And I'm like, do you I know how long it. those artists took for that page? Like that's excruciating amount of work. <laughs> so I, th- thanks for that. I appreciate that. It also pains me when somebody reads that too quickly because this is a medium where you have two, two different styles to ingest. You have all of the work that went into the dialogue, the narration, the thought-provoking ideas, but then you also have the art style that has, like you mentioned, has painstakingly been put together by by someone over hours and hours and hours and days and weeks, and for some people, months. It is an incredibly detailed art, and so not being able to consume that properly is just, I don't want to say a slap in the face of the creators, it kind of I mean. It, it is, but it's, you're, you're doing yourself a disservice. If you're going to consume comics, consume them, like take the time, appreciate them. They shouldn't be something that you speed read through. It should be something that you're able to thoroughly enjoy because it, it's hard to take concepts from stories that are meant to give you feelings or start to think in a certain way. If you go too fast with that, you're going to miss that, or you're not going to spend the time that the creator's wanted you to take to really think about it and the the comics for me that hit hardest are the ones that make me think and feel when when someone can emotionally gut punch me with (laughs) with words and visually that is where the top tier in my mind comics are the Mm -hmm. ones that make me have true feelings or have to really think about something getting off my soapbox is please take the time to read and ingest these comic books because th- they deserve your time. You should repeat that. 
<laughs> I'm just gonna put. I'm just gonna save that clip. Put it on a loop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you have anything else that you've been reading aside from the Ray Bradbury? Uh, no, besides, um, no, I read a lot of, I, I spend my reading time reading a lot of scripts from incoming work. So when, when I get asked to do a variant cover for indie, indie comics, I get a lot of, uh, the issue scripts before anything else has come out. So, um, I'm, I'm like you, I'm a slow, I guess I'm not a reader, reader. Like I say, Ray Bradbury and, you know, literary fiends know who that is, but right. like I, I have very few authors I'll read like uh, prose from and that's he's just one of them so um yeah besides that I have a huge stack on my nightstand that I haven't right. touched yet so so obviously we're not going to spoil anything that you're reading from the scripts that you're getting sent or the mm-hmm. copies from but has there been anything without saying what it is that has really like stuck with you from that pile where they're asking you to do these variant covers has there been anything you're like yes I need to do a variant for this book uh let's see so uh because they're indian they're like usually starting out i i haven't come across their work until they they've asked me but i'm at that point now where i can actually say um you know i can turn down projects if i feel like um if i if i feel that if i feel it out and i'm like my instinct tells me uh i don't know that this this creator knows where they want to go with the work you know it's like if i'm if i'm not if i'm not confident about the work or that i can't i can hear it in their um in their pitch that they don't know what they want to do with it i'll be like ah maybe it's a little half baked i feel like what i give to you i don't know if you'll take it anywhere or if that you'll even like it usually i'll take on new work so of the ones that i've, I've gotten i have two or three upcoming variant covers for already sort of established Kickstarter projects where the creators really want to take it as far as they possibly can. And they, they love, they, they love the craft of independent comics and um, they're really excited to work with their creative team. So I just, you know, their energy is really nice. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, yeah. And they're, del- the, what stuck to me about these three projects is they're delving into genres. I don't, I don't normally do. So they're, they're not superhero. They're political thrillers. One, um, another one is a ghost story, like a countryside ghost story thing. Um, and then another one is a, what was it? I think it was a religious horror story slash fantasy. Oh, cool. Yeah. So some, something like that. It's, it's more mythology, but you know, the sort of grounded mythology. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited mostly because of the new territory I get to play in. I just hope I do right by them, you know? How does it feel when these creators are reaching out to you specifically because they enjoy your art so much? Uh, It feels great when they know that I've done certain genres and they throw me one. They're like, do you think you want to do this? And I'm like, my question back is, do you think based on my work that you've seen that I could do right by what you're asking me? Because this is a different genre. And they're like, they're usually like, I'm sure you can make it work, but we really like, like your style. So that's, that's been really nice. The trust that I can, you know, work up to that level and learn, learn their, learn their property has been really a blessing for me. Very cool. Yeah. The last book that I've been reading lately has been rise your, (laughs) your creator owned series and out of fear of butchering the premise for this, this series, Mm -hmm. would you let our readers or our listeners know a little bit about what rise is and how it came to be? Yeah. Rise is a self-indulgent therapy session for me. I realize I'm not a writer. I'm a storyteller, but I'm not a writer primarily. I'm I'm an artist. I really wanted to tell the story to sort of dive in and figure out who I am as a creator, who I am as a person. And um, so I have an ensemble cast of five disparate strangers um, who are guiding a new queen at the age of nine across a desolate land that she now has to learn how to rule. But before that happens, she has to be sort of taken through some trials to test her out on whether or not she's ready for this task, for this huge monumental um, weight of the world on her shoulders. Um, Along the way, you know, this, the world that, that I'm setting it in is a far distant future of Northern California, which I call home now. I'm from the East Coast, but like I wanted to set it in a place I really love and I, I really feel a connection to. 
Um, but it really dives into my heritage as a Filipino. So aesthetically, there's some things I'm pulling in um, regionally, as well as um, diving into horror and fantasy in ways that I, I really enjoy. I hope I don't echo too much of like my favorite things. I really want to make this my own thing, but it is a tribute to a lot of the things I love that's already sort of out there. So there are, there are, there are uh, aspects of it that, that where I'm like, I, I want you to know I love Bram Stoker's Dracula. I want you to know that I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan. Um, so when you when you hear the elevator pitch for this series, it's really a like a a ballad of, about all of the things that I love, without being too much of a you know rehashing old things. So I hope when you read this, it feels really unique. It's certainly a personal story, so I'm. It's the most nervous thing I put out there because I know you know it's 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 a part of my soul out there. It is all. It is a horror based uh, story, so I have a, a very like a race of vampire creatures in it. For those of you who love horror, um, it is a uh, political. It's a political story too because we're talking about a monarch who's way too young to lead and and trying to you know be derailed by a whole bunch of adults in her life who who are like nah i want that throne so it is an age age or a coming of age story and it is about being reluctant to take on huge responsibilities so those are the those are the major themes of the of the story that kind of resonate with me and i know how to tell in my own pov and i i'm glad it resonates with people out there too uh, the feedback i've gotten for it Besides being a little too busy visually, like that was my big, that was my big critique. They're like, it's, there's a lot on the page. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of how my mind works. So, um, it's authentic to who I am, but editorially, I'm, I know that when I go, when I dive back into that world, I need to sort of space it out a little bit and really let the eyes kind of calm down. You know, <laughs> that's exactly what I told you that I enjoyed about it at yeah. the convention when we ran into each other on the floor, because I hadn't I hadn't started reading the series, but I had flipped through because we I didn't I couldn't find issues one and two at the con. So I just started looking right. at the interiors without reading anything yet. Mm -hmm. And it was th those interiors, the layouts that really blew me away because I hadn't seen paneling done quite like that before. And the way images were being broken up, like I mentioned before, with negative space, but also with action shots, the use of angles was just so unique mm -hmm. i i couldn't take my eyes off the page because it, you do have to pay attention to it there is a lot going on but for someone like me that enjoys that prolonged gaze upon a page i'm not trying to rush through it it was something that was really impressive just to take in thanks dude yeah i know i remember when you told me that i i that that meant a lot because i had just recent or um, around that time, I was getting big edit, edit, editor notes about exactly the opposite sort of take on it. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, someone likes it. <laughs> someone really appreciates yeah. it. Like, like you mentioned, there there is a lot going on. Yeah. But there, like at the core of it is something that is so you. Something that sets you apart from other creators in this medium like you had mentioned before when art is done lazily or when paneling gets too repetitive it just kind of looks like things are going through the motions but rise throughout those six issues use uses such a unique layout style I, I never got the same thing on the page which kept the story exciting i didn't know what was going to be coming next awesome thanks i think one of the big uh, aspects of, of the early image creators, the, the founders of image was their, their paneling. Uh, a lot of what I, a lot of the techniques I used are because I'm a, such a study of the nineties, you know, <laughs> the, the breakout artists of, of image comics. I, I was a huge fan of like, you know, not just having boxes and using right. the negative face of the page and the areas in between panels too. I think one of my favorite things was when with the use of the negative space, to show an action frame that that breaks the scene and then you go straight into the aftermath of that combat. That stuff blew me away. Once I realized what that space was, I was just like, this is on another level. Yay. I hadn't seen anything like that before. That's cool. Okay, I'll, I'll keep that up. I'll keep that up. Yes, keep using that stuff. That stuff's great.
when I jump back into it, I, I hope it also, you know, evolves, but I'll, I'll keep that stuff going. I'm glad it's working. And, and you mentioned you hope that within this story that you can kind of get the sense of those things that you love without it being like a copy of this. This is not like a rehash of stories that you love, but it, it really felt when I was reading it was if, if we're going to go into terms of like fantasy. So mm-hmm. if there's uh, like Dungeons and Dragons, so like a and d style feel to it, mm-hmm. it felt like, like I got that sense of Lord of the Rings, like very much fellowship with this group that's flowing. And you also have the, these vampire esque creatures called soul thieves, mm-hmm. but all of their unique features felt very original and organic as if it were somebody that was taking a concept and, and making their own like module for a fantasy TTRPG. It yeah. is this homebrew build of, of things that are familiar, but are going to feel incredibly unique once you dive in. Oh, good. Yeah, I was going for that. <laughs> well, it hit. Yeah. Uh, for, yeah. For the Soul Thieves, for example, I was doing, you know, markings and tattooed sort of elements that their markings are like a uh, tiger's stripes. Right. But mm-hmm. for each, for each soul thief, they were going to be, they're going, they were going to be unique. They were like a fingerprint. So I was, you know, I'm an artist first. So I'm like, if I'm going to draw these creatures, I got to make each one fun in its own way. I'm not, not going to draw an army of the same thing over and over again. These things, these things have their own identity too. They, some of them used to be human or some of them were born with different uh, abilities. I wanted them to, to each have their own sort of character when they hit the, hit the page. <clears throat> so we don't always have the same soul thief. The, the, um, the ensemble is fighting. Each one is going to be a new challenge they have to take on. So narratively speaking, uh, it was going to give some excitement to, to writing the story. And I have to ask this, was the equivalent exchange an homage to like Full Metal Alchemist? Uh, a little bit, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> there you go, Good. yeah. It's, what, it's one of them, yeah. There are several uh, magic worlds that I was uh, sort of giving a nod to uh, in, in for certain ways. That was definitely one of them. That is my favorite anime. And so as soon as I saw that, I was like, yes, like I get it. I was asking one of my friends because I was learning ma- uh, world building and, and specifically uh, types of magic. And they had, um, and I'm not an anime person, but Full Metal Alchemist was one of my first recommendations that, that, that I had to dove into. So it was like wonderful. It was great. For anyone that doesn't watch anime, watch Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Brotherhood that series yeah. is phenomenal. My wife, who does not care about anime, loves that series. It's just oh, okay, great so she storytelling. Me, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's just great storytelling along the lines of how you mentioned that rise really is like that, that therapy session for you. And yeah. when we, when we talked at Comic-Con in 2022, you mentioned that it serves as a catharsis for you. Mm-hmm. So a, a way of like working through your own emotions and feelings. Mm-hmm. Rise has six issues, which seems like just really the start of where that series can go. And there is that cliffhanger. So the question is, when are you going to return to that cathartic work of Rise? Well, I'm a whole person now, so I have nothing left to work on. No, <laughs> I'm self-actualized. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm finally here. So we're done with that now. Um, <laughs> I cannot wait to do it, but I know that uh, it takes every ounce of my creative uh fuel my spirit to do that work and I, I i love doing it and now that i'm actually coming into my own doing um you know work for for uh dc image and marvel licensed uh work which i hope keeps coming in because I, I i love doing that work on top of being able to keep working that's that's the dream right um i have also now carved out time to dedicate to rise development and then production in 2024 um the short of it is uh i have separated from scout comics who published it before uh for various reasons um so now it is truly independent and uh where that goes i mean i have um issues seven through sorry seven through 12 ready mostly written i I need to finish the last two i need to do some tweaks on the last two so mostly written as of pre-pandemic 
but I will be, um, I will be doing some edits and then I'll figure out, you know, all that stuff I was talking about working on yeah. the short and the style. I also realized the work that I did that you appreciate so much. And this is why it's so complicated. That's not sustainable for an ongoing series in my own time. So I've got to figure out how to keep you saying the same things about the work and also not do as much work. I have to figure out a more efficient way to visually tell the story. Um, and that's the, that's the work that's going into 2024 right now, separating from scout and sort of, I, I guess a soft reboot on, on rise on my, my own terms. Not that they never gave me my own terms. It's just now I have to actually drive the entire machine. Um, the nice, the nice thing is, uh, as a creator, when you create these, these characters you really love, you step away for a couple of years, you come back and they're like, they've been, they've been there, they've been waiting, but they've also sort of evolved. So the, the characters that I, I left at issue six have lived in my head since then. And now when I hit that page and I begin writing them, I can hear their voices and they're telling their own story, but they've also sort of grown up a little bit. So that catharsis is trying to get to know these characters again. And figuring out where I want to take them because I, I do want to say something with the story and it it's it's a I I still want to go where I was originally going to go but now I've you know we've had a pandemic um, I've had some really big changes in my life since then as everyone has so it's like where is the story really going to go is that is that original destination is that intact is that relevant so I've got some big questions to answer coming up but it it is there it's happening. Well, I'm extremely excited because I, I was left on a cliffhanger and I need yeah. to know what what is going to happen with these characters. Yeah, oh no, the the answer is ready to go. I I, I have uh issue seven and eight um sketched out. It's they're actually I mean, I could just send them to you if you really wanted to know. Yes, please. <laughs> yes. But you don't even need to ask, just forward them to me constantly. Yeah. I'll go through them. I'll have you sign a, a huge NDA too. So. Yes. I'm good with that. I've I've been sent so many things from publishers that I have had to keep a tight lip <laughs> on. I'm very good about that. Nice, nice. Uh, but yeah, so thanks for asking. I really appreciate yeah, it. Of course. I, I got really excited because uh, I think it was like mid-December, you had posted a, a video on social media about you relaying out mm -hmm. one of the earlier issues of Rise. Yes. So that makes me curious. When we're when you just mentioned like a soft reboot type thing for Rise, are you planning on going back and changing some of the layouts? And then are we going to get a reprinting of those first six issues? Let's call it a a digital remaster. Okay. For example, right, like when a when a movie goes to DVD or something like that, <laughs> or when it goes to Blu-ray and you got to take it back to the cutting room floor. Um, what it is is just a sort of a a cosmetic upgrade but in some in some issues there is some story i want to pull apart and give space to what's conflicting is you 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 gave that feedback about how the panel paneling really works and i probably if we pulled out a page right now and and you had your thoughts on the page me being the creator of that page i'd probably be like you know what it's not working for me anymore because that's not who i am as an artist now hmm. um but and and that's where I have to you know I have to pull back a little bit and 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 have some give and take and accept what's already there. But there is some there are some edit, edits I need to make on the storytelling to uh, tailor it to where it's going to go next. The level of detail that you're putting into this, I think that it kind of goes back to what I mentioned before is the the layouts that you have. There's a a core version of you that you are putting into that story. So yeah. at this point now, when you're finding that evolution going through, it's not necessarily going to be a detractor that it's changing, but it's going to be something where it's your evolution out as a creator that is seeing what has worked, what needs to be worked on. And then now there's going to be this union of those two concepts. And I am extremely excited to see where you're taking it because I have no doubt that you're going to keep those, the, the elements that make it so you but changing it slightly so that you're able to better tell the story that you want to tell, that it can come across to the general audiences more clearly. That, I mean, that's, that's the goal to be my most authentic self visually, aesthetically. Um, and I think that's, that's 
why I'm making these edits is to be to do exactly what you just described there. Well, I've I've really liked what you have posted so far with it. So I, I again, I'm really excited to see where it's going. I would also love at some point that we could actually get a collected edition of Rise because mm-hmm. as soon as I finished the six issues or tried to find them, I was like, well, I want to trade paperback. I want the whole thing put together right now and have not been able to have that. So uh, uh, we, we used to own a uh, print shop here in San Francisco. Mm. And um, yeah, so uh, one of my last things that I, I did there, I just took some scrap paper. <laughs> and what I did was I actually took the, the first six issues. And oh. I, actually, I built a really cheap mock-up of the trade paperback as it would look with those six issues together. That's so cool. And you know what? As I flip through it, I'm actually getting emotional because I'm like, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't touch these pages. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the the physical book um, as a trade paperback with, with the, the cover that people really, really resonated with, with, with people, um, I put on the cover to, to see what it would feel like in my hand. And you know what? I, I really want this to happen too, like on a larger scale. So if anything, in the, um, in, late or or mid to late 2024 is probably when I'll have more um, news or more updates on it. But I will probably be kickstarting the next phase of Rise, which would be the soft reboot in two phases, you know, just to sort of help the production costs, but also sort of tap back into um, the people who really like it and be like, um, I have something new. I have something different and I, I hope I can deliver. You reach out to me when that's about to launch and okay. we'll bring you back on to hype it up. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. Because I need all the rise that I can get. I want a collected edition on my shelf. Uh-huh. I'm very excited <laughs> to have it. And and I'm really excited to see where you take this series because like I mentioned to, to our listeners, there's so much more to the story to be told. I yeah. strongly recommend like, obviously we're getting that, that soft reboot, that digital remaster. So if you want to wait until that launches, great. If you want to find those single issues that are out right now, go for it. I would recommend checking out the story now. That way you can see the changes that are made, where the differences are, and you can just take as much of this story in as you possibly can. In terms of the story, though, I mean, if, if you're going to jump on at, at issue seven when it comes, I don't think you'll be missing too much. The soft reboot would just be, you know, an upgrade on what what was there before. Uh, but that is all in development, so things things can change depending on how 2024 goes. But it's it's coming. Good. I'm very happy to hear that. Yeah. Uh, Don, what other what other work can we we talk about for you right now? What other things you have coming down the line? Spawn's continuing on um, as of uh, New York Comic Con. So uh, Thomas Healy was there, and he was promoting the next, I believe, ten properties, eight to ten new books coming out through the Spawn universe. Um, and they are, they are like, they are microscopes on different pockets of the spawn universe. And, uh, he just had me work on all new covers for that, that work. So all of the new books, Sam and Twitch is one of them. Medieval spawn is one of them. Um, he has a superhero f- book called focus on a based on a superhuman in that universe. So, you know, they're hitting different genres. Uh, within the Spawn universe that they are looking to um, have their their artists work on covers for. I just submitted three. Uh, they really love them, so those are coming out. Um, Philadelphia number 33 is coming out uh, in a bit here, so please check out that variant cover. Uh, DC, I am in... I just worked on another cover for them. When that happens, I'll be able to talk about it. Um, but we're looking just we're looking at pride for 2024. Very cool. Um, and then I am, I've got projects with, um, I'm working on Marvel snap right now too. So, Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I, I don't think I can say too much about that, but they, they like my work and they were like, all right, here's, here's a couple of characters. Let's see what you can do. I'm in the process of approval. I finally got my, my first email from, from them going, Hey, Marvel really liked this one. And I'm like, finally, <laughs> <laughs> my my co-host Chris will be very excited about that because he is a big fan of Marvel Snap. He is? Okay. Yes. All right. 
Okay, well, when they finally approve these ones and when I, I get them shipped out, I'll, I'll ask if I can announce the characters. And I think they're doing a new thing on Marvel Snap where they're going to have, like, catalogs of artists so you can you oh. can get a whole bunch of, of, of cards just from one artist. Oh, that's cool. Like, albums for creators? Yeah. Like that's that really cool. Yeah, so I hope they like my work enough to get me on again. I think they were, like, testing me out for this first run. And then I have another Marvel-licensed uh, work for coming up that is due out this summer i believe can't talk too much about that one that all sounds extremely exciting i i fully expect to see your work in marvel snap because it like your work is really unique just that like really painterly style and it it always feels so ethereal yeah okay thanks so i and it's incredibly unique every single time i see one of your covers i'm like that's that's don's like I, I don't even have to look at the interiors. I'm like, nope, that's Don's cover. That means the world, man. That's that's really great. I, I for the longest time, my work was a, just a tribute to my heroes, and that was uh, frustrating and fulfilling at the same time. But now, now that people say exactly what you said, they, 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 they get a sense for what I'm trying to do. They get a sense for my visual identity. It's, it's really nice to be recognized um, because all that means is I get, I get to work again. Like I get right. to keep working. And that's a dream. Whenever I see your work, it, it really doesn't look like anyone else in the medium, which just means you have very much a place in, in the comic book field because this this art style needs to be seen by more and more people. So everyone out there, mm-hmm. go and pick up all of these Spawn covers by Don Aguilio. <laughs> go and pick up these variants that are going to be coming out from Marvel and DC. Try and acquire this Marvel Snap, get these characters in your game to be able to play because you're... Your side of the board's going to look so much better than the other side because you have Don's work on it. <laughs> You're crazy. I know. That's why I have a podcast. <laughs> um, I mean, that's the goal. Yeah, that's the goal. You want to try and beat the other person. Well, you can do it with, in style. Yeah. <laughs> Don, is there anything else that you wanted to mention before we wrap things up? Uh, no, I just want to... Uh my appreciation for um getting on here it's it's always interesting to talk about the work it's always a good way to like check in with myself and be like hey am i am i fulfilling the goals i really need to fulfill and and early on in the year is a good time to do that so i appreciate the space absolutely and then again we definitely will bring you back on once the kickstarter gets closer so we can hype it up because we need to uh, make that a successful campaign because selfishly i want more (laughs) thanks man thanks absolutely It's time to close the book on this What Are You Reading style issue. So until next time, this is Lance. And this is Don. Reminding you to keep your friends close. But your comic books closer. 